Hello, fellow data science engineers. Welcome to another reverting episode of the Data Query Podcast, where William and myself sit down for a conversation with some of the young bright minds in the field of data science, ranging from ML and data engineer ML Ops, AI researcher, data analyst, and data scientist. We share insights about their career journey and some of the actionable things they did to scale their career in this fascinating field of data science. So join me and William today to welcome the leaders FM, who is a data engineer at Mazdakar and a data scientist at Imperial College, as you query his mind to learn about his journey on becoming a data engineer at Mazdakar and more. Welcome on the show, Leo. Hello guys, happy to be here today and thank you for the opportunity for uh, to join your podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Thank you. Okay. Yeah, we just like to start a conversation most of the time with most of our guests on the show, like to know how they got into the field of computer science, data science, and what was that actually she got this interest. And so we're very interested. What was that set you into this part of becoming a data engineer and how you got into the field of computer science? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, um, from always, I wanted to be a software developer programming or whatever because from the elementary school i was like um well from primary school i um uh, i was i was like to work with um some security things um doing some coding so once i done with my um with my school i went to university and pursued in a computer science uh, degree and after that, once I'm done, uh, my plan was to become a software engineer, but the things didn't went as expected. So by a chance, I became a data engineer. Uh, how this happened? Um, once I'm done with my studies, I started sending application uh, everywhere. You know, the process is tough. I reached out my network and finally an old colleague uh, of mine from my internship um, it, he told me that they are looking for a Java developer in their company uh, so I was really interesting about it and I told him to that I'm down um, I got the interview but the problem was I didn't know Java. I was a C and a C++ developer, and the only code that I wrote in Java was to transfer a script for, from C++ to Java in university, and that was three years before. So the interview went as expected. I got rejected. Uh, but fortunately, two days later, HR called me and offered me uh, an interview for a data engineer. Uh, because I had a positive attitude and I, she told me that I was fitting to the company culture. That was really great for me. Uh, I, I wasn't even know what is a data engineer by that time. But I, because I was really desperate, I just accepted the interview. I studied for SQL and Python, and I got the job. And finally, I became, um, I was really lucky because um, this company was was uh, doing, uh, was working as 
contractor for the AT&T, which is the biggest telecommunication company in the world. So by accident, I became a data engineer for AT&T. And from that, I started to understand what was in data engineering, uh, what it's about. And I, and I started to liking the job because the data engineering is a software developer on a big data. So that is my story. So what do you say after becoming a data engineer, what do you say you're a decision? How has it been? Are you enjoying it, the, your role as a data engineer? Yeah, I enjoy it because finally it's a software developer on a big data. So I'm doing what I wanted to do, um, writing code and developing things. And the big data is it's more about to understand um, the value of the business and how you can give um, how the things are working, not just like writing a feature on a program. You have to understand what the data mean and what is the value to the business. So for me, it, it was a good experience and I really liked it. Well, oh. okay, that's okay. kind of interesting. Yeah. William, please go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so speaking of data engineering and data engineer, um, let's say my, if my little brother in high school comes and be, he comes to me to say, oh, I want to know about data engineering. What is data engineering in general? What is it about? How, how do you say, how do you explain it to him in that sense? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, okay, let's um, okay. Let's say we have uh, coffee beans. Okay, if you have the coffee beans, you can't um, get something from them. You can't get the co uh, caffeine. So you have to apply. You have to grind the beans. You have to apply some process and transform them the coffee beans to coffee powder. And after that, you have to transfer this coffee powder to a beverage. There is a process between um, raw coffee beans and the beverage. Something like that is on the data engineering. You have the raw data, but you can't get any value from there. So you have to apply some process and transfer this raw data, raw data to a valuable thing to extract the value from there. So this is the data engineer about to apply some uh, processing on data so it's able uh, you are able to get some value from them. Oh. Okay, interesting. Sounds really interesting the analogy you get in production of coffee beans and all that. And but so when you're talking about your earlier experience where you spoke about the interview and let me say getting the whole for data engineering, may why you interview for let me say software engineering. That was something interesting. And so there's this let me say overlap between sometimes software engineering and data engineering. So I'm sort of like you know, that projects which you did back in the days as a software engineer that kind of helped you get this role as a data engineer. And what kind of projects were they? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I didn't have any project uh, in my early days of my career because um, in my university and that was a big setup setback for my career um, 
they didn't told us about the how you can get into the industry what do you what do you need to build a good resume to have some side projects and show and show to um and show to the companies that you can do that, that you are passionate um, to to the industry by doing some side project um they they mostly they they mostly focus on building um some academic skills on the university in Greece but um they didn't take that into account the industry so i didn't have any project and that's why i started working as a researcher in Imperial college to build some side project uh, because i didn't have any Uh, so now you are working on. I'm sure you are working on a lot of interesting projects, and I'm sure yeah. going deeper in the conversation, we'll come back to that. But just to relax things a bit. So, what's your day-to-day routine like in Mastercard? How's your work routine like? Uh, yeah. Um, I will speak more generally. Generally, I don't want to dive into the technologies that we use in Mastercard and what we are doing in. Uh, very deeply, but um, grand scheme of things, we are doing the work is dividend in two parts. The one is uh, maintaining the current pipelines, and the other part is building new data pipelines. Um, and during the day, we have a lot of meetings to discuss how we can develop the the new pipelines. Uh, we are all contributing uh, uh, on this. Uh, we are saying our ideas, our approaches. We are discussing with the teams, with the architects, with the project managers, and we are trying to give the best we can do as the team uh, to the to the product and more more specifically to the cust- to our customers. Well, okay, interesting. And um, we just spoke about your whole bit. I mean, into this. Organize into this world, I mean, unless someone is living in Estonia or any Cape, everybody knows about Mastercard for sure. But some people might not know what Mastercard is and what they do. So, can you share a little bit light of what Mastercard is all about? And let me say the, I'll say the unit in which you are working, what they do particularly. Yeah, uh, Mastercard is a financial company and has a lot of products. But I will speak. Uh, about the core product with the payment uh, uh, the payment system basically the mastercard is a car, it's a bank and it's, it has a network of banks and it is responsible to speak with them for example if you want to make a transaction uh, it's the middle amount between you and the banks to transfer the funds uh, settle the transactions and do this kind of stuff because if you are a small supermarket, it's not very convenient to do this to do this work by your own. You have to um, you have to reach out the, for example, Lloyd City to get the funds from this from the, this, those banks and transfer to another. It's really it's it's not very convenient. So the Mastercard is doing this work for you. This is the core product. Um, but I'm, I'm not working on this. I'm working on a loyalty program. Basically, we are doing a personalized offer offers. 
based on your transaction. For example, if you are a vegan, we are, we will not okay. offer you a burger with meat because we understand your behavior. If we are doing this for McDonald's, Starbucks, Domino's, uh, Burger King, we are doing this for a lot of restaurants and this kind of stuff. So, but besides that, the MasterCard has a lot of other products about fraud detection, optimization of uh, menus for restaurants. You can they can provide you market data for um, for specific um, areas. For example, I can tell you what is the revenue of gas station in Leeds or Manchester, whatever you want. Um, we have a lot of different things. Okay, great. Okay, well, you've spoken a lot about, um, it, it seems like to be a digital engineer at MasterCard, you require a lot of like skills and because, I mean, there are a lot of technicalities you're supposed to know because of the kind of job you do, you work with big clients and all that. So, so for, let's say, a junior data engineer or someone trying to enter the industry, what kind of projects would you suggest them to work on to also build some certain form of skills? Uh, yeah, uh, for a junior data engineer, um, my opinion is firstly is to understand what is data engineering, to understand the concept, what do you have to do, what uh, what is a data lake, what's a data warehouse, what the dimension, the fact tables, and all this kind of stuff. And after that, you you are, will be able to work uh, to start digging into the technologies, because on the entry level the companies are looking to have the interpersonal skills understanding what you are doing and you'll be uh, motivated and driven that's the important thing not the project the project is coming on a secondary uh, phase and and so this is my uh, my opinion about that but for projects uh, i think it's a um the thing here is it's it's a bit weird because you you to understand the data engineering you you need big data. If you are doing a project by your own, you probably you will, you will not have uh, a big amount of data because, for example, uh, you might choose a SQLite as a database for your site project, but you can't go with SQLite on the production; it will blow up. Some uh, so. You need big amount of data to understand the way that the pipelines are working because each time you you need something different. But the the thing you can do is you can do a data uh, web scraping project that you can scrape some data from web websites that it doesn't need that the big amount of data to stretch out your pipelines. And a lot of companies will appreciate that because they they are not there are a lot of data on the web, but they don't have the APIs to pull them. So a data web, web scraping project would be fine, I think. Okay, so web scraping is definitely one of um, the major things you suggest. I'm guessing that's what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, speaking of interpersonal skills, I'm pretty sure team playing and working as a team is a main thing, being able to work in a team. And also as a data engineer, I'm, I'm sure you're supposed to collaborate with other teams, cross-functional teams. So in the yeah. field where 
people don't have like the technical know-how. They don't, they have different backgrounds. Like it's not everyone that understands the technicalities of the things you are doing. How, how, how does it work? How, how are you able to collaborate with them? Yeah. Um, is it that I told you firstly on the previous question, it's about to understand the concept. If you have solid understanding of the concept, you can easily explain, uh, what you want to, uh, communicate with, um, simple words. So it's trying to, to not go that deep on the, on your conversation with them. And you are trying to explain them such as, um, uh, they don't have, uh, like a 10 year old kids. So you are trying to speak this way on the technical part. So this is my suggestion to, to go more, uh, to speak with simpler, 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 simpler words and the complex the conversation what kind of tools would you say are also good for collaboration i know most people use github and there are a lot of you know tools that you could use for collaboration so also to help our audience some people would also would like you know some tools that they could use for team uh, collaboration. yeah you can uh, you can use jira to Collaborate with other teams with your t with tickets to um, to have some uh, common area common field between them and you and the other teams. Also, yeah, as I you said, I think GitHub is another good um, uh, uh, solution. So other team can't see your code if you give them their proper access. Um, what else? We also have some communication channels like Slack, Team. So I think there are a lot of tools in the industry that you can collaborate with other people. And then also, it's a great to have some documentation, some confluence that the other team can read and understand what you are doing if you are not there or they want, they want to more dive into uh, the subject or something. Oh, okay. That's great. And still talking more on the technical side of things, Leo, I mean, when we talk about, let me see, data engineering, most of the time, sometimes people want to have, let me say, like a practical aspect of things, like how to build projects. And actually, let me say, if you want to deploy, let me say, or show proof of concept, maybe on your GitHub profile and all that, you spoke about the web scraping, which was a good example. But there are so many tools out there and many frameworks and it's yeah. to build a pipeline. So what are the kind of tools and framework you feel are kind of user-friendly, not in the sense, when I mean user-friendly, I mean like developer-friendliness, right? That maybe you can just go to and you have many things you can explore to build such tools. So for example, if you build a web scraping tool or a data pipeline, what option tool will you use if it's a data pipeline or web scraping tool? Which kind of tools you feel like are easier for us? Let me say a junior data engineer to pick up or somebody from uni to like take maybe two days to learn and go through and do something to show on the GitHub. Uh, big, okay, that's a hard question because there is no one solution that fits to everyone. Each, each project you are building, you need something differently. Uh, every tool, you, you can't. Um, I, I there, there is not something that is coming to my mind that uh, is silly to use um, particularly for me it's, 
it's firstly you have to understand the whole idea, the, the, the what uh, every company is doing, because technologies are coming and go. Um, I I don't have some particular to understand because yeah. Anyway, I get your point. Yeah, which makes sense. But I'm just, I was trying to pick your brain because like yeah. there's this um, data engineering zoom cam which I spoke to you earlier about. Um, the the documentation tool they were using is Airflow, and yeah. they're now the transition to Prefect because Prefect is kind of let me say is user friendly or developer friendly compared to Airflow. So it's that kind of remedy which I was like asking, and also for web scraping tools like before I've used um, let me say I use Scrappy and also this other popular one um I forgot the name it comes to mind. And so sometimes when I'm using some of these frameworks, I find like some ones are like a little bit easier for me to grab. So that's relative. That's like I was putting that context relative to you. So I just wanted to know from your own experience if like when you claim some of these tools, like which one you found was like a little bit picky to pick up. Okay. Ah I see okay. Maybe you can use uh tool that is uh, doesn't need to write much code. It's automated everything. So the the ATL project is doing by your by by itself. So a good one, it's the Apache and i5. You can build uh, uh, you can build an ATL pipeline just with drag and dropping uh, some okay. components on the on on the on the UI. So it's very easily compared to write the a big Python script. So okay. yeah, for for it you can use knife IE. Uh, yeah, uh, also a lot, a lot of I hear that the Airflow uh, has a good reputation. I never will do with that, but the Airflow is more mostly about orchestration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one tool is not um, undo the whole world, but exactly. so you you need to combine a lot of of them. So for me, I will suggest uh, an i5 to start from something uh, with no coding, just to get the concepts, and then you start getting. Uh, once you get the understanding, you can dive into the code and write some Python scripts or Scala. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. And still to dive more on the technical side of things and building, what um I'll say IDE do you use, and also going to let me say um stay on the project side and building things right um what do you think like it's most difficult sometimes you feel like for somebody who's coming to data engineering like trying to build something do you feel like most of the times like a project to build because like i had this friend and we were talking you spoke about the this thing web scraping and all that which was a good project to like demonstrate but apart from some of this like do you think let me say really builds because web scraping like the in terms of data pipeline and all this kind of things which I mean, in your role as a data engineer, in a kind of core and competent, you feel like this kind of project alone are sufficient. And if not, what are the kind of next things to like do and kind of things to follow? If you have maybe any resources you have, we already mentioned the other one to like see the club, which we put in the show note links. But apart from that, like, are there some other kind of things that come to mind, like that could really like demonstrate workflows and all the kind of different tooling that one can understand concepts? Uh, okay, for the first question, what ID I'm using? Um, I, I like to write on Visual Studio Code, um, but uh, for the project, is um, I think it's good to integrate with cloud, even AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, because uh, to handle all this big data, you need a, 
uh, it's it's hard to handle it with your local machine so you probably on the um, enterprise environment you pro um, I will not say hard person, but I think I'm personally will I use some cloud services to do your pipelines and handle all these uh, workloads. So it's good to create um, um, a trial account with some free credits that uh, most of the vendors are giving you to build your pipeline on the cloud. And I think this is going to be really a big plus for your the uh, resume and your projects. Um, what else? Yeah, I think I would suggest this cloud, integrate with cloud on your project, if you have the project. What's, what's been the most interesting thing that has happened to you since you started your career as a data engineer? Well, uh, I think, uh, I, uh, I think the interesting I an interesting part of my career was to move to the Mastercard because uh, uh, from that day everything has been changed. Uh, the environment is very different. I found the right people to mentor me, uh, teach me things. So I went from zero to I would not say ten, but seven, eight because I speed up my career, and that was a great thing to that I had as a data engineer to be on the right environment that give you the opportunity to grow faster. Yeah. It looks like mentorship plays a very big role in the career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so in that case, what, what kind of tools or what kind of tips or advice would someone that wants to start a career in data engineer? Any tips or anything in general? Yeah, um, I will say once again is to understand what is data engineer about, to understand the concepts and how the things are working before getting to that. After that, it's good to start speaking with people uh, with all, all levels. I mean, from juniors to senior to principal engineers, whatever. If you have the opportunity to get uh, near to those people and see their understanding and the concept uh, that will be really beneficial. And after that, uh, it's good to start working with projects. Um, uh, try to find something open source project. I, mean, I don't know any specific project on data engineering or open source because I didn't dive into. But um, these three things. And after that, you have to. Um, trying to obtain the right soft skills uh, to because most companies want to be, they prefer to feed on their culture instead of having the right uh, hard skills because um, the companies can teach you the, the technology. It's not a big deal. Two, three, four months, they, they want to teach you the, the technology, but the, the the personal skills, they, they it's, it's really hard to to teach you through through the time. It's 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 really it's it's more hard. So they prefer someone with the right attitude and not the right skills. They, it prefer to have both, but they they would prefer they focus on the uh, soft skills, interpersonal skills, and the others can be taught. But you need some fundamentals and. 
it will be really beneficial if you have the skills. Speaking of concerts, well, um, what do you say the major misconception has been on data engineering or the field of data science? Have you come across any misconception? Data you realize that oh, this thing that you put, it's not like that. Has it been? In- um, uh, the thing that came to my mind, it's not only about the software engine, uh, about the data engineering generally on the on the industry. Um, a lot of things believe that the seniority is coming with the years. For me, it's it's not going that way. Maybe you you have fifteen years of experience, fifteen years of experience, but you are just doing the same things again and again. You just did fifteen times uh, the first year of your career. It doesn't make you a senior. And a lot of people believe that that you, if you have five, ten years of experience, you wanna be senior. It's not like that. To be a senior, you have to think um, the bigger picture. You have to identify problems. You have to mentorship, to mentor the the others. You have you need some other skill to be a senior. It's not coming with the years of experience. And for me, it's a big misconception in the industry. Okay, ah, that's very interesting. I mean, talking about I mean seniority and all. <laughs> The boss for that goes in becoming senior depth, like a junior depth. I mean, the classification system in the industry, which kind of sometimes, as you said, goes with, I mean, experience and all that. And I like you consciously and thought, and it's really well informed. And also talking, you spoke earlier about, let me say, soft, soft skills and hard skills. So um, I, I believe, I mean, you work in a cross-functional team, dealing with different people. And so what are some of the soft skills you feel are very important working in this collaborative environment? working with different stakeholders and also colleagues with different backgrounds and that's it. it's good to communicate and let me say make the team a very healthy and have a rapport in the team. Yeah, uh, for me it's uh, it's very good to have a high emotional intelligence to understand the people and what drives them to uh, to be the to do what they are doing and it's really and it's very important for me to understand uh, what each person wants for example the director wants something different from your senior engineer your senior engineer wants to make his life easier here his okay um but the director needs something different um he or she needs um to to give some value and and show up the team so each person needs something different so if you identified what each person needs you you if you can give uh you can give what they want so uh you can make them happy and bridge this communication between them uh, okay, I like the way you put it, like each person's wants and needs to identify that and to be able to empathize with them. But I also want to like know, I mean, most of the time you're working on and be sometimes to meet deadlines and expectations and maybe you're working with somebody in the team with actually maybe your work is dependent on your work. I mean, it's dependent on his own input, like basically you need some things. So when you're working this kind of team where you have, let me say, I'll say laggards sometimes and maybe sometimes you're, you're overperforming or vice versa. How do you try to communicate this? Like, 
how do you deal with such situations to ensure that at the end of the day, I mean, you're meeting the objectives of the team, but you also care about your collaborator, even if it's not being productive or due to some problems? Okay. Um, basically, I think if you build trust with people, um, you can get what you want faster and you can overcome the obstacles. It's, um, it's, 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 and, and this thing is not built by, uh, overnight. So you need some time to, to achieve this level. So sometimes, yeah, you will, uh, face some blockers between your job, uh, you'll try to overcome by yourself with that way that I told you before. But if it's something it's very urgent, you can't push the thing from the management because some people have more authority and they can push the things better than you. So you can't turn to those people to push them and get what you want. Uh, the other side is, as I told you, to have a trust, good communication, and try to get what you want by yourself with the most the optimal. Okay, interesting. Um, are you just to put also on that in context in regards to when you talk about your senior manager, your collaborators and all that. Um I also like want to know from your own personal journey. I know you're still on that journey and you still have a long way to go. But so far so good. I mean you've done so many things that I can tell for itself. But who is that particular person or particular company that when you look back or when you reflect now at this particular point in time, you are like grateful for the impact they had on you? Uh, well, I can tell you. Um, when I when I was um, freshly graduated from my university, as I said before, I didn't have idea what's going on in the industry. Uh, but I had some friends who used to work for big banks like um, Bank of America, JP Morgan, City. So they give me some influence and they help me to understand how the market works. They give me um, uh, what is going on in the market. And from them, I was I was inspired heavily and I said, and I raised my expectation. Because once I done with my university, my expectation was just to get a normal job, get a normal salary, uh, just because the big things are not for me and I can't make it. But after speaking with people, I understand that nothing is impossible. Uh, and if they made it, I can do also, and everybody can do it. Uh, so I said, uh, I said to myself, I can do it. So I challenged myself to, to go to this level and push the things to the limits. So it's it was some good friends that had some prior experience in the industry. Communication and also networking is a major role. Uh, yeah. If you want to land a job in the industry, you need to be networking, going for meetups, buy data, and all that. So yeah, that, that's very insightful, and we are grateful for that. Yeah, that's great. How how do you balance? your work how do you balance your assessing your work because it seems like it's a lot of work that you're doing it takes a lot so how do you balance it what do you do on the weekends do you still code do you still learn yeah uh, for here i have my my formula for this uh, which is on the weekdays i prefer to push the things um working um doing um working on side projects, uh, networking, meetups, everything. So 
I I I I have my weekdays for this, and the weekend is more about to chill, socialize, uh, meet with my friends, chill. So I will have clear my mind. My battery is gonna pull up and be ready to work on them to put the limits on the work on the weekdays. Um, and the and to achieve this is um, is it. it um, the, the the key to achieve this is to make up your mindset, and this is very important for me because it's all coming from there. Uh, for me, my mindset is about to the Leo who woke up in the morning will not be the same as the Leo who go to sleep on the night. It has to be better. It has to be. Um, it, it has to learn something new. So if I didn't make that, I will not feel okay. Maybe it's strange for you, but for me, it's that's how it works. I don't, I don't feel okay if I don't make something more. So with this mindset, it pushed me to doing things every day, every day. So that's why I'm. That's how I balance the things. My mindset is drive me to have the right motivation to spend my weekdays on the on the projects, on the work, on everything that is productive. And the weekends for chilling. Um, I'll ask some second of questions. Like, just choose one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Copilot or ChatGPT? Uh, I I really want to use the Copilot. I heard a lot of things about it. Uh, so I can't I can't say what, what which is better, but I can tell you about uh, ChatGPT. I already wrote some code. It's really amazing. Uh, I asked him to write me some connection to the database and he write me the function to connect to the database. And I was really amazed by that because uh, when I want to connect to the database, I made a research on the Stack Overflow. It took me five, 10 minutes to to understand what I have to do. But the yeah. GPT by a click, it gave me the code instantly <laughs> with comments, with everything. And it was much better than the, the code that I wrote by myself. So... It's really amazing. Okay, so ChatGPT goes one up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, and in terms, let me say because like with Stack Overflow, and let me say I feel like ChatGPT is not it's a Stack Overflow up. It's like it's eating his breakfast. So, <laughs> but <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I also want to say like because I also have this like when I'm learning sometimes, and sometimes you're asking yourself, should I go to ChatGPT or Stack Overflow, and or that maybe you still have I still have like a bad habit of myself of googling stuff before I realize okay maybe I could like get this thing. But I want to know, like, do you find that some things where you feel like the community contribution is more valuable than, let me say, the AI chatbot contribution? Are there some cases you've come across and you, like, say, okay, maybe the community did better, yeah? Or even, like, maybe going sometimes, like, for me, I go to the extreme sometimes of editing, entering, like, Reddit, um, Reddit's, um, kind of, I mean, um, group chat and all those kind of things. So, like, Reddit sometimes, I'll enter a Reddit group and I'll see, like, some kind of, so I don't know what do you think about let me say like this community-based kind of way of solving problems and the AI way of generating. Do you feel like that from use cases you come across and you like okay maybe the community did better? Yeah. Yeah, uh, for me it's not a uh, um, um, black and white. It's it's gray for me. Sometimes yeah. the community is better if you want um, a more deeply answer for a very specific thing. I think the community will give you the answer. But if you some 
uh, if you some if you want something more simple, I think the AI the AI can give you better solution. This is for my experience, but okay, the the ChatGPT has been a month or two has that has been rolled out, so I don't have that much of experience. But till now, this is my perspective. Okay, great, great, and also okay. Um, another like one, I don't know how you choose this one of the options. Oh, um, Windows or Linux? Uh, definitely Linux. Uh, yeah, definitely. Now it's yeah. Windows. <laughs> yeah, no question. <laughs> you know, you are using Windows. I don't know. Maybe you are something. You are doing something wrong. Uh, okay. And also, this is also this like I don't know. This conversation earlier with them for the while we're talking about. Let me say, like earlier in your career, using most generative, these pre-trained generative models for solving and debugging. So, what is your take on that? Let me say, for somebody who's like early in his career, trying to have some concept of fundamentals, do you feel like it's the right approach to go, or do you feel like sometimes maybe um, it's good to like let me say get some concepts, or just because I'm saying so because let me say I had this bias like before of using Copilot because I was feeling like Copilot auto generate some code for me, but I won't understand some things like some depth. So I had this bias of like using Copilot and up to now I haven't really used Copilot because of the sustainability side, which is missing sometimes, but actually things come out. So maybe that may be because of my level of understanding at a particular moment. So but what is your take about using these tools? Let me say earlier on, try to learn, do you feel like that a good way or do you feel like maybe at a certain level you should? So I don't want to put what's into your mouth, but that's how it's going about this. So I want to know your own thoughts about this kind of, I would say, problems or challenges. I think for me it's better. It depends on the level, like you said. Uh, on the on the early level, on the beginning level, it's better to understand what you are doing, uh, because if you want uh, if you want something to uh, if you want to build something, you 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 have to ask the AI to build this thing for you. If you don't know what you want to do it's hard to explain to the AI what you want to do. So at the early level, it's better to um, understand what you are doing. And if you have certain level of experience, it's it's better to use an AI to do it for you. Okay, okay, great. And um, I mean, before William comes in, like this one thing I also like to you to share your experience or I'll save you on that. And that's regarding your career at this particular moment in time, like most people will enter the industry and will be at this particular point where you are. So what do you feel like the next step for you is or you, the few you're more interested in exploring uh, or maybe something you feel like maybe at this particular stage you should be focusing on or you should be asking yourself regarding this for you in this context. So what would that be? Uh, for me, the next step... Uh will be to get a solid understanding of the of the data engineering and know every concept that uh, that exists in the field and after that uh, i have to integrate with uh, not not particularly on the technology but on the bigger picture how can a data engineer give a value to the the customer and the product so I will, I will, uh, for me, my plan is to explore better in the data engineering, get a full understanding on every concept. And besides that, I want to, um, to see 
how the management is working, the managerial position, what trades you need, and what kind of stuff uh, uh, you need to be a people person and these things. So I want to explore these two ways. I was thinking to do a master's degree on business administrator, but I, I don't know if it will help full or still, I'm still exploring the field. Yeah, talking about, I mean, what you spoke about management and trying to scale your career, maybe going for an MBA and also trying to get some managerial skills. I feel like the right time you're going to know what to do. And at the same time, I mean, yeah, it's going to be very valuable. And so it means you trying to explore so that I said the next option of working and going to and working with teams and also having more, I would say, responsibilities and we get responsibility, we get power come with responsibility. So yeah, definitely I feel that would be an interesting thing as you go to go and for our use for our MSD listeners and audience who also like to keep in touch and follow that journey with you. Where can they reach out to you? Um they can reach me out on the LinkedIn. Uh, you can share my profile with them on the okay on the description of the video. I uh, I use the I use it every day. Uh, some sometimes I, I I will definitely see the message, but if I'm super busy, I will answer in a day or two. Depends what I have to, but I I will answer the message if someone told me or reached me out. And I would be really, really happy to hear if anyone wants something for data engineer, data engineering advices or something else. Or whoever wants to reach me out, feel free. Ah, great, great. And is there any, I mean, most of the time we also like to know about books or resources, especially books I got. So at the same time, we also evolving as people and also maybe a career. So in terms of personal um, development books or going as a person or even I would say career-related books that you have that comes to mind. Can you hint one or two uh, about that? Work, uh, do you do you mean work-related books or just whatever? It, yeah, it can be either. I mean, it's up to you, but just a good... Yeah, yeah I would suggest the thing Fast and Slow from Daniel Kahneman who took a Nobel on... Um, Behavioral economics, it's a very good book to understand uh, the biases uh, that uh, we have in daily life for each of us. And, and it will be, I, I, it, it's a heavy book, it's about 500 pages, but if you if you read it, uh, you, you will not regret it. It will you change you as a person. Yeah, for me, I will... Definitely recommend the um, the Bible of uh, of interviews, the Crack the Coding. Uh, it's a book that uh, it's really helpful for the interviews. Also, Elite Code, as everybody knows, is a good uh, uh, it's a good website to practice your skills because on the interviews you can avoid this algorithm, this algorithm with uh, coding challenges. So you have to. Um, you have to go in on this resource and on YouTube, I will say it doesn't give you the, in, in YouTube, there's a lot of information, but it's not going that deep. If you want to get a high level idea of some concept on some technologies, the YouTube will be the best option. Um, you will have a 10 minutes video to understand 
what is Redshift, what's BigQuery, you can understand all of these things, but it doesn't give you deeply on the on the thing that you want to learn. But it will be very beneficial if you understand the concept of data engineering from YouTube. It will be great. Thank you, Leo, for giving us a vivid walkthrough of your journey, for sharing your experiences and your challenges with us. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And thank you once again, Leo. Thank you. Also, guys, we're making a great job with your podcast to give the... And you are giving great value to your your audience because you are bringing every time a different person. The last time you brought some someone from academia, you the other time you brought someone from finance. You are you are rotating this thing. You are bringing data analysis. You in the future you maybe bring bring some ML ops. So each time you are get you have something new and you are doing really great with that. That's, that's a lot, you. I really appreciate. And I mean, for our audience, thanks once more for spending the last couple of minutes with us on, on Twilight, on Query, on, on Stabilized.